0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter Blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. I mean, I personally bought a... Uh, a case for my cell phone where I can now play old uh, Nintendo games like Mario and Excite Excitebike uh, on my phone to just add to the constant screens that I already do. It's killing me. But our exposure to digital light has soared and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force of good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for the digital age, and Baxter Blue is giving my listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you have been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. Hello, and welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at nomcastpod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. All right, this episode is all army of the dead, all the freaking time. The massive rollout of this new zombie universe that Zack Snyder has created is now in select theaters and will land on Netflix on Friday. I was fortunate enough to have this film playing in my local theater, and so did my guest today, film critic Colby Mack. So we are going to do a full review of the film ahead of its Netflix release. We will talk about all the major storylines coming into the film, the expanded universe that Netflix has planned, the theatrical experience and Netflix's game plan with 10-pult films like Army of the Dead going forward, and then we will start our non-spoiler section of the review, and then after a brief warning, we'll get a little more focused and dive into spoilers to end it. So a lot to get to. Glad Colby could join me for this one. Follow Colby on all social media, at Colby and check out his reviews whenever possible. He does a great job breaking down films, which is why we love having him on this podcast so much. So stay tuned for our discussion of everything you ever wanted to know about Army of the Dead and the expanded universe to come. But first, a word from our friends at Forgotten Entertainment. Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm
1: Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies in their cinematic universe.
2: Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is.
1: And I'm here to share a deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out
2: yet another DC animated podcast.
1: Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast, and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.
0: All right, Kobe Mack is in the house here to make this review go easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Glad to have
1: you back on, sir. Thank you, thank you for having me, brother. What a way to start. I know, (laughs) easy peasy lemon. Oh, I I felt weird hearing that joke in the movie theater? I know. Because I've only heard it that way ever. (laughs) (laughs) I said, wait a minute. In what world have we ever said... Easy peasy Japanesey. I'm sorry. I grew up in a very like insensitive time and you know, I'm an eighties baby, but the nineties raised me and I've never heard that.
0: (laughs) I don't know what it says about my area of the world, but uh, I have. So uh, yeah, so it is not uncommon uh, where that goes. So I don't know, but uh, I definitely have heard that one, but Glad to glad to see you, man. Glad to hear your voice. Uh, glad to have you back on. I, as you as you noted to me before, you are a uh, a Snyder apologist. So even uh, a borderline on this film, uh, I think we're going to have a pretty good conversation. And you will definitely probably be. Uh, I, I would guess you're going to be on the champion side, but we'll see where this goes. This is a huge title, Colby. I, this is a big deal for Netflix. You know, Snyder coming off the 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 wave of the Snyder cut, you know, this huge deal coming off the DCEU, which is, you know, out there now that I guess he's officially gone from. Uh, I guess that is uh, an official thing.
1: Weird. No one's that's the thing. It feels official, but no one's saying anything but him like WB is not saying anything the actors kind of say something, but they can't really say anything. Yeah, Zach can say something, but he's not saying the full thing. It just feels really weird. They're just, you know, they're in that funky place, like a relationship. It's like, you know, no one's willing to pull the trigger and make it public yet, but like you you don't don't see people posting each other anymore. Like that's kind of where they're at.
0: Well, I mean, you know how these things go. Like all these things are like a chain in the link that they're all connected in some way, building towards another thing. I think the Mm -hmm. fact that he's not listed as some kind of like executive producer or producer or director on True. anything coming up. I know, you know, the pandemic messed up the timeline in terms of some of these productions, but he should be involved in something.
1: I mean, he should, he started that universe and there's still fragments of it that are around. Like you can't ignore it, right? Like he helped build up the story for wonder woman. The first film was great. All right. Like it was generally an excellent movie. The second film Was a step back. He was still a producer on there, right? You know, he helped build Aquaman into what it is. You know, um, James Wan took it, took the baton and did something great with it comparatively to what was inside, like you know, Joss Whedon's Aquaman of you know of the of the Justice League and stuff like that. So there's still a lot of the bones of the Snyderverse. And you just can't – it's not just going to go away, you know? So it, it's it's a weird, funky place. My hope is that they can just like, you know, yo, we all want to make money here, right? right? There's obviously a fan base that loved it. And to be honest with you, the people that hated Justice League, they came around to Zack Snyder's fully emboldened vision. Um, I still think that Zack Snyder can, can do well being reined in. You know, but not too much. Like he still has to be able to champion his vision, but he also has to learn, like in regards to like collaboration. It's good to have people to say, "Hey, maybe we can find ways to you know not take three, four hours to shoot every movie you want to do."
0: Right, and I mean Justice League, I can understand a little bit because it it is this you know collection of stories that builds up its multiple characters. I can understand it being a little long, but four hours is very indulgent. um, Yeah, and obviously without really kind of maybe communicating that to, to people beforehand to be like this is what I want to do with it but that's a whole other topic <laughs> the Snyder Cut has been covered at, listen to literally any other podcast and you will find and probably Colby on them talking about the Snyder Cut so Quite yeah so check those out but what is your relationship with Snyder? Obviously, like, you know, you know, like I said, you you know, you say you're maybe an apologist for him. I, I will say for myself that going into this film, my relationship to Snyder is a 50-50 prop. You know, I, I would say that, you know, I thought he not every other DCEU one that he did. I, I wasn't in love with a lot of the ones he did for that. But his work prior to that, like 300, Dawn of the Dead. I thought he started off very hot. If, if any movie I will be an apologist for, which I don't know how people feel about it uh, in these days, uh, Watchmen, his actual Watchmen film, mm-hmm. I thought had third act issues. But other than that, I was riding with that movie for most of the movie, and I think it is incredibly watchable. But, I, and I actually, because of this movie coming out, I rewatched Dawn of the Dead, and okay. I still very much enjoyed it. Uh, as I much, I remember liking it back in 04 when I first watched it. So, you know, where do you find your relationship to Zack Snyder as a director?
1: So, I feel like I came to the Zack train a little bit later because in 04, my priorities weren't necessarily on movie watching. Like I was a junior in high school and I had much, my focus was elsewhere. Right. I'll just say that. Yeah. Right? And, but when 300 came along, I was like, what is this? And I think that that was at the time where, All the bros united. And we all (laughs) congregated around. Like, that was definitely like, you know, at that time when you're going into college and you want all these cool movie posters on. No, you got to get Fight Club. You got to get Seven. And then everybody wanted a 300 movie poster because it was just a universal film that felt super aggro, super masculine. I wanted abs like everybody in that movie. And Zack Snyder was a champion of that. Um, I went back and then watched so of the, I, so there's a lot of the of the deads, right? Yes, um, so like I want to make sure that's the one where there's a baby being born, a zombie baby, right? <laughs> yes,
0: zombie baby, right, yes,
1: cool. Mekhi, was that Makai? It was, Pixar? yeah, uh-huh. yeah Mekhi, okay, great. So, like, I now keep my I can tell you right now the entirety of that movie, but all I know is that there was zombies, they were in a mall, and there was a zombie baby being born. That, that's about it that I know, yeah, um. But from what I hear, like what I what I feel in like the Twitter spaces, is that people love that remake of Dawn of the Dead, right? And they would probably still today say that that's his best work that he's done. Um, I love Zack Snyder's visuals. I think he's an incredible visual storyteller. So many of the projects that he works on do almost everything that I need them to do. They allow me to, I'll say it again, believe the world, believe the characters, believe the conflict, believe the antagonists. And then like everything else is... Like it's it's like cherry. It's like it's cherry on top. I, I love Watchmen. Like Watchmen has one of the greatest movie openings of all time. Yeah. Like, that little pro like it is spectacular. That's a movie unto itself. You know? It's super refined. Like for the folks that make it seem like when they and I think I'm an apologist because People kind of, like, ish on this guy as if, like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Or, like, you know, he's, like, purposely trying to make something bad. No, he's purposely just showing what his, like, he truly believes in his heart. Like, everything that he's doing. He's so meticulous about it. Right. You can't sit here and watch him talking about framing a shot and think that he's just, like, it's all bullshit to him. It's not. Like, he is, He is like, painstakingly thinking about everything. I loved Man of Steel. Man of Steel was the first Superman anything to which I I thought, I felt like sci-fi. When I watch Superman the movie, it doesn't feel like a sci-fi film. And the limitations of technology doesn't let you make it feel like a sci-fi film, at least contemporarily, right? Right. Um, I understand that you know Superman is from Krypton and like that's from you know another planet, but something about it, he felt more American than he did an alien. Where that's that that those 20 minutes that we spent in Krypton, I've never seen Krypton visualize like that. Mm. So Man of Steel is like the ultimate embodiment of Superman Superman. Now keep in mind, Superman the Animated Series, that's my Superman. All right, Smallville, that's my Superman. But this is my cinematic Superman, right? Okay. And I loved that world. I thought it was a great basis. So I ride with him because his world building, honestly, for like most of the directors that I love, I really truly believe the worlds that he builds.
0: Right. And and one thing about uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake when I did my rewatch uh, that struck me is two things. One, it was his directorial debut, so there was no... Even though interestingly enough that it's kind of it was a remake of a sequel, so it's kind of this weird like, oh, did he have eyes on remaking, you know, Day of the Dead or any of these other of the dead's, you know, Romero flicks in his mind? But I think the beauty of it is A, it's an hour and forty minutes. When was the last time you saw a Snyder film under two hours? That's amazing. Uh, oh,
1: that's crazy. Two <laughs> An hour and 40 minutes. Interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the fact that he made a movie where he probably didn't have any kind of either clearance or IP, like he didn't have to have a vision for where's the next part of this film going. So he yeah. can make kind of just one movie and focus on it, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is also not this movie that we're going to talk about in a minute for Army of the Dead. (laughs) It's wildly the complete opposite. Um, And then the other thing about uh, Dawn of the Dead is it was written by James Gunn. And I think you're going to notice a big difference in Snyder's stuff that isn't written by someone who we consider one of the better screenplay writers, especially for genre fare going forward and see where that goes. So, keep that in the back of your mind cuz I'll probably ask a million questions about, you know, him and 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 where the screenplay goes for for this upcoming film that we're going to talk about.
1: But so, Sucker Punch comes close. 150.
0: Yeah, and that movie is a piece of crap. Uh but I,
1: <laughs> whole, I think honestly, I think maybe at that time, I was like, "Hey, these girls are pretty like, <laughs> like Emily Brownie. This is when Emily Brownie was supposed to like launch herself into like, you know, like superstar Yeah. Vanessa Hudgens, Adam yeah. Cornish. Like, I was like, here for it. You know? And and plus this was supposed to be like, hey, WB's like, listen, show us you can do a PG 13 movie. <laughs> because you've only done R-rated movies. Right. And this is like, all right, I can do a PG 13 movie. Here's this. I thought it was fun. It was early Oscar Isaac, right? Like it was a good time. Like I don't know. I think that definitely didn't have my critic lens when I was watching that movie.
0: Yeah. I, I would say that, um, but the, the interesting thing about Sucker Punch uh, that you bring it up, it's a decade ago now, and that was the last movie he did that wasn't an IP film. That was like yeah. that was actually just a Snyder creation, um, straight whole cloth, and this is the first one since that, so... He's been stuck in the DCEU for 10 years now, uh, you know, and and just creating that whole world, uh, to, you know, to mixed reviews. So it's nice to see him. This is where he moves on. So I think this mm-hmm. movie, Army of the Dead, is a huge film for him as much as it is for Netflix. A lot of and I, I will say it's a it's a big movie for Batista. We'll get into that oh, yeah. in a minute, because um, for anyone who didn't know, he turned down going into uh, the Suicide Squad with James Gunn because he has that relationship with him for oh, Guardians God. of the Galaxy. And James Gunn turned down writing the screenplay for this one because of the Suicide Squad. So the wow. there, this could have been a very different film if either there was a recasting or James Gunn's involvement instead. So wow. keep all these things in your mind because this movie... <laughs> Because uh, we brought up uh, Dawn of the Dead. This movie has been in Zack Snyder's brain and in development since 04, since Dawn of the Dead. So because once he made Dawn of the Dead, he kind of looked around and was like, how can I, I love what, uh, playing in the zombie field. How can I make a movie like what other genres of film would make sense to have fun with the zombie genre, but also not make fun of the z- zombie genre and so that's how he kind of came up with the heist mixed in with that so this is how you get where we are today but there was uh, so many incarnations in between with Snyder not directing there was a whole other uh, so many rumors of what's happened in the last you know 15 years that it's been being worked on but here we are now and the one thing that I wanted to, to kind of pick your brain on because I was very impressed with the rollout of this film uh The posters and the artwork are top notch. I thought the trailer was very good in terms of getting me excited to see this. And they also did many kind of things on social media where you can watch the first 15 minutes. uh, Last week, they did a bunch of cool stuff. How do you feel
1: about that? It feels like a lot of films now are kind of like giving you the first seven minutes like we did more combat the first 15 minutes here you you like that i think it depends
0: on the structure of the film you're seeing a lot of genre films now where they give you kind of this prologue opening that it doesn't Mm -hmm. ruin the story that you're gonna tell it just kind of sets the table and i think they're very comfortable with doing that especially in a time period when we're all kind of just trying to get people either a back in the movie theaters or just back to watching movies uh, of this scale. So I think there's a lot of things that, you know, they're doing because it's not desperation, but it's a little desperation. Um, but uh, so one thing I did want to talk about straight up, uh, how did you feel about their rollout? And then, Part of that rollout is that they're actually putting this movie in theaters, hence why we're talking about this, before it's on Netflix. So I want to get into the theatrical experience, why you sought it out as well. So let's start with how you feel their rollout as a whole went.
1: You know, I think Netflix's approach is interesting as so much of the country is opening back up in these phases. Um, New York and L.A., which is typically the go-to presence for any Netflix film, um, is like still... Halfway there, right? Some places like 60 70%. Um, so it's still like not all the way there. Regal is not a 100% open up all of its theaters and it will not 100% open up all its theaters. Um, they're going to be restructured. AMC is the only major chain, to the best of my knowledge, that's 100% open. Um, with all of the theaters that returned and they're still working with limited capacity, right? right? I think AMC <laughs> right now they would love to kind of get in on this Netflix game if this is going to be their future, right? Um, I'm used to more prestige Netflix feature, uh, feature films coming out within like one to two weeks before it debuts on Netflix and only available in super select theaters, yeah. which is mainly New York and, 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 and LA. And like randomly, it'll be like in one theater in Texas, it'll be like <laughs> yeah. someplace in Chicago. Uh, uh, even though half of everything is shot in Atlanta, it's never here. In <laughs> every now and then, it's here in Atlanta. I would say that, you know? But like, they mainly have the partnerships with a lot of smaller chains like Alamo Drive House and Cinemarks and stuff like that, um, that they'll have that presence. And typically, they're not counting on it. They don't do this for money. They just do this to kind of get a buzz for people who, everybody has Netflix, but not everybody pays attention to what's coming out on Netflix like we do. Right. Most folks, I would say, they just watch whatever's on Netflix. So this movie and its theatrical presence, it's not for the folks that just are watching Netflix for the sake of watching Netflix. It's for the folks who we've been ingrained for decades that we do dinner and a movie on weekend or weekends, right? Like, that's what we do. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're doing dinner and a movie. And there's folks that still like. I remember growing up having to go to my newspaper to look for the showtimes,
2: yeah, right? <laughs> or having to
1: call the theater to te- check the showtimes because I'm not always watching TV to see a trailer, right? I'm not. Most people when they watch Netflix. The moment that, that whatever they're watching is done, they're turning Netflix off. So there's not much time for like, you know, a trailer to roll, hey, coming next Friday is Army of the Dead. Right, The director yeah. of this and this and this, right? So this is just another opportunity, market opportunity, to just attract a different audience that is not like super in tune with everything that's going there. And if they're going to keep doing this, I think it's pretty great. Uh, obviously, it's going to be very specific to the type of film. Like, they're not going to be doing this for, like, what's another big kind of avant garde title that's coming out for Netflix? Like, The, the Rock one? The Rock with yeah, um, the Ryan yep. Reynolds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one? I feel like that's going to get us, it would make sense to me to give this a similar treatment to
0: it. I absolutely agree. Yeah. And, and there, there are a few. I mean, uh, Chris Hemsworth has one, Jason Momoa has one. There's a oh, bunch that of that big action thing. films that are coming out <laughs> that I, I'm curious to see. This as a test balloon to see how this goes because you know this one is bigger probably than the Momoa project or or mm-hmm. the Hemsworth project and we'll see uh, Red Notice that has three huge stars there's no yeah. way they are not putting that in the no, theaters exactly. it's gonna do the exact same route and in fact uh this one only came out a week before uh, that it's going on Netflix mm-hmm. I wonder if they would do an even longer rollout. You know, maybe a two-week or three-week ones beforehand, uh, because I don't know where they're trying to strike that balance.
1: I mean, the biggest change that we've seen just within the past six months is that AMC, the big ones, AMC Regal and Cinemark, right. They've had to, because they don't have much leg on the stand on, to let the studios kind of do the rollout styles they want, even as much as they would hate it, right? They want these exclusive 60 to 90 day windows, how traditionally they've been entitled to, right? right. But because of the pandemic, it's forced everybody to do things differently. And not everything is going to go back to normal because it just doesn't make sense to, right? HBO is doing the day and date release. Yeah. I don't necessarily love it because I love the theatrical experience, but to be honest with you, it hasn't hurt too much. The numbers have been pretty impressive. Yeah, I've been I've been astounded by how many folks are at the movie theaters every week for these um, HBO Max releases, and then also the movie's still available to watch. Either they don't know, which makes (laughs) for like a whole other thing. Which I believe a lot of people don't know that it's available on HBO and just like refuse to get it, even though it's fifteen bucks, right? Right. Um, Yeah, and they're just because we've been conditioned to just go to the movie theaters and watch stuff, but. It's been doing well on both yes right? like yeah. I'm looking at these numbers and I'm like wait so it did this with not the same amount of theaters it's did this still with the pandemic come on it's did this with the um, less than 50 percent capacity and it did this when the movie's available to watch at home yeah that's crazy yeah so if Netflix is looking at that say like you know, granted they're not in it for the money but we know there's money in these theatrical releases. If a movie like Red Notice, like a, a typical rock film, right? Like you take the, what was the movie with the, he does so many movies with the animals. I can't even say which one it was. But like, oh, like you take Jungle it, the, the, Cruise
0: coming yeah, soon? Jungle
1: Cruise or something like that, yeah. right? Or But but just even when he did the, what was it, the Tower one? Oh, right? like Rampage one, like, or. Yeah, Rampage yeah. And, and, you know, and the, the other one, right? Yeah, yeah. If those just make $10 million, you no, know, it's an extra 10 mil. Yeah. It's an extra, you know, that they'll get like 75% of, you know? I, this could be the wave of Netflix's future just to be able to kind of capitalize on something. It was going to come out this week. And for those that wanted a week earlier, here it goes. Because I don't I don't see folks, I think what they're afraid of, the folks who are subscribers, bellyaching that it's not fair that I have this subscription, but it, you know it's available to other people to watch earlier. I want to watch it earlier too. Right. I don't think that they're hearing that.
0: No, I don't think so either. I think it's just trying to put the films where the people are. And some people mm-hmm. want it, in a specific way. And, and I personally was psyched that they were yeah. putting it out in theaters beforehand. Cause I was like, this is a movie that I think, and, and you can echo. Cause now you've seen it in there. I, I want to watch it on Netflix. We haven't gotten there yet just mm-hmm. to feel the difference to really yeah. kind of know, is this something that I should like encourage people more <laughs> to like, go, go see it, you know? Um, yeah. But I know for myself, I wanted to see it this way, and I've, Same. i And now there are some numbers coming out. Mm-hmm. We were kind of talking off air about it. You know, it only came out in give or take 450 theaters, but the early numbers are that it did you know 775 thousand dollars. Now that doesn't sound like a lot. There, that isn't a lot of theaters though. I wonder it, how it did, like on a per average versus say Spiral that came out over the weekend as well, but. You know, we have at least a little bit of numbers. Netflix probably won't even release them, or I don't know how these things will go. But I will say that you had the experience of when you looked it up uh, to try to get tickets Thursday night or, or even Friday. Yeah. Uh, you were saying sold out shows. You were seeing sold out shows in Atlanta.
1: So- oh, yeah. The brand new I picked that open up, sold out multiple shows Thursday night, multiple shows Friday night, all four shows Saturday, um, all three shows Sunday. Like, so I was kind of bummed because it's like a brand new theater. I really wanted to check it out, and I was willing to fork over the $18 to watch it, dude.
0: Right. So, I mean, that wasn't my experience. I went out Thursday night thinking it was going to be a little busier than it was. You know, maybe there was like 15. People in the theater, you know, not a big deal. Again, a Thursday night, um, but even then, I spoke to to managers I know who work at that theater over the weekend. They're like, it wasn't that busy, even with Spiral going. Is it wasn't that busy, but so I think state to state, place to place, you know, I don't know what the experience was, but I know there was some interest, and I oh, yeah. wonder. If this film is going to you know, play well as the week progresses now that people will be like, oh, I didn't know that was out at the theaters, you know, mm-hmm. and, and more people getting more comfortable with going out to the theaters. And then, you know, uh, is this movie going to play in the theaters past the Netflix date? I don't know whether that's a that thing is yet either.
1: I'm really curious about. I'd be interested to kind of see. I'm going to pay attention to that. Yeah, if it if, if, it, if it's available.
0: I'm very curious because uh, that is probably not only in the hands of Netflix as they had like kind of an exclusive deal with. I know Cinemark and some of these other uh, places, but I don't know uh, if the, how much their commitment is to the theatrical. But for movies like this, they should. I mean, you know, try to get a little bit if they're if they're increasing their the uh their movie budgets get some money back like this movie I mean, should make money if, if godzilla should. made you know <laughs> uh godzilla <laughs> yes. versus Kong made what if what we talk about 30 million that opening weekend you know yeah. and this is a limited release like are they gonna open up more are people gonna ask for more are they gonna be like oh it'll be on netflix now i don't know if we should i'm so fascinated where this goes or whether it just dies and now it's on netflix but I'm very curious to see where it goes. And again, that 90 million number, I've heard conflicting things. I've heard as low as 70. I've heard as high as 90. I don't know. It's somewhere in between there. But either way, that's enough for me if I'm them, want to recoup my money and try to get some out of the theatrical experience. But all that aside, did you enjoy? Like, you think this is a theatrical movie and this is where it should land for a lot of people if they
1: can't. I got to be honest with you, man. This is one of the toughest questions that I thought about while, like, like, after watching this movie, right? Because I feel very much that this is a part of our lexicon. Oh, it's a Netflix movie, which typically denotes that it's a subpar quality compared to what you get in a traditional theatrical release. Right. We'd all agree there, right? We've heard that. Oh, that's a Netflix movie, right? Sure. And it kind of sucks. I'm pretty sure Netflix people know that that's a saying. It's a Netflix movie, right? Where you expect out of five new movies that Netflix put out, maybe one will be good. You know, and varying levels of good based off of who's watching. You know, you have some moviegoers that don't care. They just want something that's on to keep the kids busy. Sure, right? sure. But for fuss, for folks like us, you know, for people who really want to like see good quality films, Netflix cares. Right? Yeah. It's weird. This, I got to be honest with you, this is a Netflix movie. And it's different though, right? It doesn't look like a typical Netflix movie necessarily to me. Like not fully. Right. right? But it's not a good movie. However, <laughs> I will always champion people to go watch the movies for themselves. Right. Don't worry. Kobe's going to tell you about it. Right? I still want you to go to the movie theater to make up your own mind. Right? I want people to be able to support the local theaters. So if you can watch it and feel safe, by, by all means, definitely do so. And granted, it's still going to be available to watch at home. There is nothing that beats the theatrical presentation of any film. It'll look better. It'll sound better, and it's more special, it's more magical, because you're doing it in a communal experience. You're cheated out of some of those elements when you're watching at home. So I will advise folks: go check it out. But yo, as much as I love Snyder, this ain't a good movie.
0: <laughs> All right, tipping the hand already. All right, well then let's get let's get into it, baby. I, I was trying to, you know,
1: <laughs> dance I, around I, it, s- and set <laughs> the
0: table, whatever. Um, so. Here's the early numbers, right? So right mm-hmm. now, uh, current scores seven point six on IMDb, which is stronger than I I thought it was going to be. Very but strong.
1: it's like a, it's like a thousand plus ratings too, but,
0: which is surprising. But it's early and it hasn't hit Netflix, so you know yep. that's not a lot of ratings. Fifty six Metascore, which is probably a little low, <laughs> but again, yeah. critics are usually harsher on on Snyder sure. and or these type of films. Seventy mm-hmm. four percent Tomato Meter. And 81% audience score as of Sunday night when we're recording. So it is getting quite positive reviews. And honestly, I've heard some early very positive reviews uh, for some big-time critics. You know, people from IndieWire and things like that that I've heard, like, glowing reviews from. Um, This film, you know, is, like I said, it's a huge deal for them. It's a big tentpole film for Netflix. David Batista, like I said, had other other opportunities, but he's been barking a lot about you know how he feels he's being underserved as Drax and Guardians of the Galaxy. He <laughs> he wants to do you know more things where he's the lead or a more fleshed out character. I can't blame him. You know yeah. he's sitting there looking at guys like you know John Cena or The Rock or these other uh, people who have gotten these lead roles and 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 bigger films, and and he wants to try his hand and that's totally fine so i can understand him reaching for a film like this this film for anyone else uh who isn't you or me kobe um <laughs> know this that whether you like it or not there is a prequel film that's already completed that has i just saw it has a Wait, 2021 date what? yep um this film uh, army of thieves will is possibly coming out in 2021 um <laughs> <laughs> that stars, uh, if, now that you've seen the film, it is centered around the Dieter character um, that from, from Army of the Dead, and it's actually directed by the guy who plays Dieter in Army of the Dead. Because uh, apparently he's a very big German actor. Um, Interesting. And, and I don't know. And they shot it in Germany. There's a whole other Lattier thing.
1: Matthias Schwe- Schweikaffer.
0: <laughs> yes, that's that's exactly what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, so. And there's an anime series coming through where. I heard about that. Uh, Batista yeah. and others will either reprise their roles. And then you got a bunch of extended uh, universe people that will be added in as well. So. This is a franchise, whether you want it or not, um, and and good on Netflix for identifying Snyder kind of coming off something to where he wanted more control. And for anyone who th- thinks, well, I'll watch this version, but I can't wait to see the Snyder cut version of this, uh, spoiler alert for anybody, this is it. This is the whole raw deal. He came out and said... This is the director's cut. You don't have to see, his words, not mine, the bastardization version, and then get the actual director's cut. This is the real, this is his vision out there. So hence why it's also, you know, two hours and 15 minutes uh, without the, the credits and such. This movie had a lot of stuff going on before we even saw it. Uh, Tignataro was a late replacement for the canceled comic Chris Delia, who was originally in this film as the helicopter wow. pilot. A lot of things coming off where, you know, like I said, it was all amongst that whole turmoil with uh, post WB and the Snyder Cut and everything else. The, you know, all the stuff that Batista was saying. There's a lot of lead up to a film like this. And then obviously the extended worlds, which. Weirdly enough, I thought because this is a Snyder deal that he was also going to direct the prequel. He's not. He, he didn't write it either. Uh, Shay Hatton, who uh, wrote John Wick 3, he's also writing John Wick 4. Uh, he is the co-writer of Army of the Dead and, is, and wrote the prequel Army of Thieves that's set to come out later too. And I believe he's also a writer on the anime project. So it's kind of them working in tandem. A little bit so uh know that going forward um the one thing that i think a lot of people could see is this is a huge cast you need it because you know this kind of element of uh in oceans 11 they keep saying oceans 11 and every time i somebody <laughs> says it i go okay besides the fact that they're robbing a co- co- casino um don't put oceans 11 in your head because it is not yeah. that kind of level of craftsmanship and or that upbeat kind of cool, fun level to it. It's not that, but you got David Batista here. Ella Purnell plays uh, his daughter. Uh, she from Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children and uh, oh, and a few crazy. other uh, projects as well. She's got such interesting facial features. She does. She almost looks like an anime character. <laughs> like she's yes. got that kind of look to her. Um, Ana De La Raguera. Uh, who plays Maria Cruz, kind of like the partner in crime for Dave Bautista, I guess, you know, because they seem to have a history. Yeah, we'll call yeah. her that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she ends up uh she was in nacho libre and narcos and goliath like i always will remember her as the nun in nacho libre she will never shake that in my head um you got omari hardwick here playing vanderow he was in shot caller a team kick ass Uh, he's got a lot of genre stuff under his belt he's also coming off of a lot of uh tv work he was in power for a while and you know there's uh, several shows that he was in. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt, who is always like kind of this snarky asshole character. Who I enjoy a good character actor um, from Burn Notice, Fear the Walking Dead. So obviously he's familiar with the genre. Um, he also did Sergio and Wheelman for Netflix. Um, we mentioned Tig Notaro, the comedian who replaced yet another comedian. Um, you got Theo Rossi here from Luke Cage and Sons of Anarchy. Uh, Matthias Schweighhofer, as you noted. Uh, Dieter, who was in Valkyrie. Um, Samantha Wynn, uh, who plays Chambers. She was in Wonder Woman. Other Snyder-related stuff. She's in Justice League, I believe, playing the same character from Wonder Woman. So she's oh. in the DCEU. So many people. Uh, Nora Arnezeder, who played Lily the Coyote. I thought she was actually a standout Yo, in this film.
1: She, her and Dieter? Like, they really, really did it for yeah,
0: me. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, very good characters from them. Um, and then Haruki Sonata from who plays Tanaka, kind of the, the war warlord who sets the whole thing up. He's from Mortal Kombat that just came out. He was also in Westworld and, and all that. Uh, this is co-written, also shot and directed by Zack Snyder. So this is whole cloth Zack Snyder. Oh, shebang. Um, it, co-written by Shea Hatton, which I noted before. A lot of things... You know, a lot of impressive talent going into this. And like I said, it's a it's a zombie film. He's uh Snyder is familiar with that with Dawn of the Dead. So a lot of ramp up to where you're like, this could be maybe what I liked about Snyder before we get into this. And I watched the film and I will say it didn't match up to a lot of the marketing for starters uh agreed. uh because again when when you watch the trailer Kobe, I'm, I'm i'm curious to know like you know i went in wanting the movie to be fun or cheeky kind of like the trailer presented or mm. more thrilling like dawn of the dead and i feel like it ended up being somewhere in between which is not where you want to be
1: that is I, I i couldn't have said it better myself um I've been trying to stay away from trailers. It's just kind of go in cold because when you set up expectations, that's gonna be the barometer which this film either succeeds or fails, right? If I go in with no expectations, I feel like I, I, I give a little bit more grace to the film for me just to kind of, you know, let, let it do what it's supposed to do, right? Um, but I watch the trailer and yes, it is billed like it's supposed to be this kind of like high stakes, fast paced, kind of get in get out high octane big action it's 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 definitely in the middle
0: yeah i I feel like it has pacing and character development issues which is hard to take the latter part there because if you're doing this world building project that may go forward. It's already going backwards. You need to really kind of land home some of these characters, especially with the stinger that they kind of put at the end here. That character gets very underserved. I'm playing in non-spoiler to start. Obviously, you can all sense this. And for anyone (laughs) who is like, Jesus Christ, you've been talking about all this stuff and we haven't even put a plot out there. Well, here you go. It's a, It's following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas where they walled off the whole city with all these zombies inside. A group of mercenaries takes the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. Basically, getting uh, money in a vault in the Strip Underneath the strip where the whole city is just full of these alpha zombies that are kind of like, you know, as as Snyder put it, he's like, think of it like regular zombies are kind of like, you know, dogs, but these are like coyotes where it's kind of this advanced level. They can organize. They don't speak, but they can communicate and they kind of can make something happen. They have almost like their own little civilization inside Uh, Vegas in this film and honestly I didn't I didn't hate how they did the zombie stuff at all um I thought you know the the alpha zombie the that the fact that there was a head um you know and and trying to create more where they even had a birth subplot and I I don't know what his obsession is now now you say it in the rewatch of Dawn of the Dead with zombie (laughs) babies but uh you know apparently he's really into that thought process of creating life from the dead so that is interesting onto its own but I will say for me I I, I don't know I'm getting the vibe off you because you keep saying how bad putting that label out there I wouldn't call this a bad movie I think it's actually quite watchable and I was actually shocked knowing the runtime going in that I didn't feel it was as bloated as I feared it might be but I feel like there are moments in this film, especially certain character deaths uh, and the actual, you know, attempt to escape the city, which is the whole point of this, uh, at the end of the day, when those things happen and I don't feel for those characters, I don't feel the ride, then you messed up somewhere along the way. So I I will recognize that I don't think this is, uh, like, this isn't a movie where I'm going to go, oh my God, you got to go see the new Zack Snyder film, but- yeah. If you went and saw it, I'd be like, "What did you think?" This is a conversation because I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wouldn't pat somebody on the head and go. Oh, I'm sorry you did that. You know, but because to me, there are things that I did enjoy, but there are things where you know the world is about to blow up. You're on a heist mission, and yet at times I felt like there's zero urgency in this film. Um, mm-hmm. and you get like heart to heart moments, or like making it rain. It's like, yo, they just <laughs> lowered your timeline way before this, <laughs> like well, by a day, and then by you only had hours at
1: certain points, and they were just like, it's whatever. Hours, it took you hours to get to your destination, bro. Yeah, <laughs> and you're praying that the copter on the top of the hotel of the hotel casino is just you know gonna work. Yeah, right? yeah. I will say this and this is tough especially knowing that kobe told me scale right once again i am a champion for films and i think with more movies that i watch like my 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 scaling is changing right i will agree this is a, a very entertaining movie and a part of me is like of one mind right so kobe the critics like yo if i were presenting this to like you know the movie aficionados like you know what constitutes a good film good direction good performances Good, a good story, a good screenplay, good dialogue, right? Um, and the technicals. This checks off the bare minimum boxes for being like. So, I have the um the last days of American crime as like a three out of ten. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty right? bad. Like it it's is awful. Just, it is yeah. doing some like really really bad things. Where like I cannot tell somebody to go watch it. Right. I have some four out of tens that I still say. It's an entertaining film, but that is all you're getting for entertaining. Sure. Anything that's depth wise, you won't find it. And to be honest with you, for most movie goers, they don't care. Before I got to this critic game, that's all I did. So I kind of reserved my five out of ten for that, right? And you know, on the Colby Kobe, Kobe told me scale, a five out of ten is not a good movie, but also not a bad movie. Right. I wanted to put it there, but then as I went back, and I cannot, I really, actually, I'm really excited to watch the movie again, just to confirm. Like, all right, because on the scale, it's even. Is there more bad than good? Yeah. Right now, I'm somewhere in between a four or five out of 10 because you're right, I laughed. This is watchable. I could easily see myself watching it again and I plan on doing that. Yeah. Right? How much do I give that weight? But when I really think about the structure of this film, let's start with the story. It is doing some bad things story-wise. <laughs> yeah. Where like the, the thing that I need, one of my carnal things to me is like, I need to believe this world. I could not believe this world. It takes too much suspension of belief to make this world work right. in way too many ways.
0: The fact that they built a wall around Vegas to start is also like, yo, we we haven't been good about, you know, <laughs> when Trump, what, the whole presidency was behind you yes. to make a wall in Mexico. You're going to wall off Las Vegas and not let the zombies out. Come on. See, that Uh, was
1: the part that was kind of weird. I was like, this is a really weird time to kind of infuse wall anything into a movie. True. Right? Yeah. And it almost felt like the goal of this was to be political when we see in this film two political figureheads debating this issue
0: oh and you get sean spicer which once i saw his name in the credits uh before (laughs) i saw the film i was like oh come on
1: and and it's the crazy thing we're asking number one sean spicer to act opposite donna brazil yeah Uh (laughs) okay right so we're asking them both to act like it's not like we just put like piece this together from like some other No, no they have been given lines and are performing so this is innately to me a political film right and it drops that completely. Yeah, it, it it's doesn't never matter. Again.
0: And in fact, the, when they end up upping the, the timeline stuff, that is really ham fisted as well. They kind of make oh all that stuff very cheeky. And I'm like, yes. and so that's where I guess a lot of things come through where tone also gets an issue because it wants to be multiple different types of films at multiple different times like because you end up trying to have these heart to hearts these heartfelt moments these deep connections between you know Batista and his daughter or Batista and uh his his partner as I noted before like you you have certain relationships that they want to come off as closer or they want you to feel for when either something happens to them or they get lost or, or there's some kind of like danger element to what's happening to them. I feel nothing. And what I'll say, a lot of reviews and I'm curious your opinion on this. A lot of the reviews praise that early montage, the over the credits uh, Uh or opening credit sequence. I will say I agree with them to an extent because I found more emotion with certain characters in that opening credit sequence, and more fun when you have naked zombie showgirls and yes. and, and you know Elvis, uh, zombie Elvis, and a bunch of these other kind of like fun aspect of uh, zombie bachelorette party, etc. Like all the all the fun that I thought was going to be in the movie, too, you get a lot of that in the montage of the opening credit sequence and then it immediately goes down to you know having Batista assemble his team which is not this is where i again gag on the ocean's 11 thing <laughs> because the the gathering of the team in ocean's 11 you already had the blueprint you had yeah. the blueprint of, of Soderbergh's amazing way to concise you know concisely get this team built together show them in their strengths and still have Fun and, and make it kind of like this snappy collection of people, you easily could have done that. This is so slow after you just built up all this momentum with that credit sequence that you don't have this this version of, of this blueprint of an Ocean's Eleven type thing because that's exactly what you're doing. And not to mention the opening credit sequence shows more about the back history of some of the people that he assembles, but we don't feel that camaraderie coming out of it. Yeah. Um, because I don't, I, I didn't see these previous missions. You end up opening the film on the pre on the prologue Mm -hmm. of how the, the zombie thing started. But when you, what, what you really need is the backstory leading up into these characters. And that's where I think, you know, character development gets lost.
1: Yeah And it feels like There's a whole other movie missing Cause there is Yeah Like Especially now knowing That they already shot it Something about the way That this put is put together now Is like Huh There's a very interesting choice On how they decide To kind of lay this whole thing out Cause to be honest with you That opening prolong Is it Watchmen level good It's not But it's still very fun And fit into What the marketing Was selling me Yes I don't know why That tone Was not carried out Throughout the rest of the film We were having fun people were relishing killing zombies, right? Like, it looked like there was, like, sport to it. Sure. It's like it's happening all at once. And more and more, I think about it, that's the movie I want to see. I want to see these people having to work together, right? Like, I think of a film like Daylight <laughs> with yes. just alone, right? Yeah. Something happens. There's this, like, you know, this, this, this group that have no connection to each other but have to connect to each other, put aside their differences in order to escape outside of the Lincoln Tunnel. Right. Right? That's what I wanted to be able to see in this film. Right? I want to be able to see them like, you know, the fry cook, the this guy, the expat, the ex-military, the German, having to come together to get out before they nuke the city. Yeah. Because the, the synopsis as is, is great. Having the heist. This film is trying to do too, too much. You know? Um, we already have a zombie movie. Then you have the heist element to it. And it's like, I feel like, with a better script, we could have achieved both of those, but it's too it's trying to do too much and it misses the thing, like the important things. You know what, what bothers me is when I when I see a movie marketing and I get character posters. Mm. You know what that's telling me? I'm supposed to care about these characters. Yeah. Can you tell me, Andrew, who what's the name of these characters?
0: Oh, I know. I, I when I was going through the character listings, like all the all the cast and everything else, I was like, I remember Dieter. I remember, yep, I remember the Dieter. Coyote. Uh, yep. I, I remember Scott I didn't I remember like oh I was like oh right they're the wards like between the like the, the the daughter and him and he whoever not else not look yeah. like a
1: Scott Ward at all not
0: even close uh,
1: and one what's his background is he like ex-military no idea no idea no he's idea a, he's our protagonist we get I get no idea like one why is this man so jacked not granted like I understand you don't have to always explain it because we know like who Batista is but like yeah. you know it would be very easy, like, yo, he's ex-military and he kind of like, you know, did something. He was dishonorably discharged, whatever, right? Yeah. But like, he needs to have a cool ex-military name. Hawk. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, and, and that's it, right? Yeah. But because we think about all these films of that type, and those names stick out, right? Um, Theo Rossi's character, you know, he's supposed he's supposed to be like what Buck is inside of Kill Bill. Everybody remembers Buck. Yeah. Why? My name is Buck, and I like Yeah. You just remember it. Yep. And that's a guy who had just that one line. And then he dies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And with all these characters, number one, our antagonist, I had no idea his name was Zeus till I went and looked up the credits.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. Same.
1: Who named him Zeus?
0: I know. I know. Because you can't name them. Like, uh, it would have to be someone inside the military. Or like the coyote maybe would have named, you know, like the fact that she knew who Valentine was with the zombie tiger and everything else. And yes, of course there has to be a zombie horse and some other thing. So yeah, (laughs) but yeah, I want to get into a little bit more spoilers. So for anybody who, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I think we kind of put our opinions of the film out there, but I think just to get into a little more detail, a little more sharper focus, we can do that. And, and I'll, uh, and I'll put a grade uh, you were you were kind of saying you were in that middling grade as mm-hmm. well um so before we get deeper into spoilers I'll say I'm probably I'm going between like like a six six and a half you know okay. I'm being a little more generous but the I, I entertainment tend to be, value
1: for you is it is crazy high I would say that uh, this is very rewatchable
0: yeah I, and And that's why I think my grade is semi-incomplete because I do want to watch it again because one of the things when we were talking about the character development issues, I wonder if that will get worse on rewatch or better because at least when you're first watching a movie, everything's new and it's fresh and you're taking in all this information. I want to know now that I know what these relationships are, will I feel for them more? and, and kind of go for the ride a little bit easier? Or will it be like, oh, no, this is way more ham-fisted than I even remember because I know where this goes, and a lot of them don't go the way maybe you want it to go. So I think it's it's semi-incomplete, but I think it is, to me, it's middling, but I'm on the higher end of the middle, maybe a six, you know, than you okay. who's maybe in the five or, or or lower end of the spectrum there. So. Because to me, like, if, uh, yeah, like a, a five to me is, is like, is, uh, that's a rough grade for me. I'm, I'm, a, I guess maybe I'm kind. very kind, you know, because a movie has to just, this movie didn't insult me and it didn't, choo, le- choo. it didn't upset me. So that's why it lands in the middle, but it also okay. didn't impress me. And the only time I feel like I was impressed is stuff we'll probably get into spoilers. But, okay, you know, and, and we could do that now, but you're right. There's a lot of things... I, One funny thing that I I want to put out there for anybody who is in the know of who this man is, the fact that they quoted Joseph Campbell in a poorly written movie is one of the funniest things I remember (laughs) in this entire film. So take that for what you will, future screenwriters, or read his books, read uh, all his character building stuff. So let's, let's get into some spoiler stuff. So first of all, uh roadhead starting the apocalypse i thought that was pretty funny um because you know i was like was this movie written by a woman is this supposed to be anti-roadhead because lord knows i don't want that <laughs> message to be out there i don't want it to seem like that's going to cause any kind of apocalypse going forward but um there are some things like that where again the tone that they set early is not the tone that it, it ends up developing um so i think there is a lull after the beginning sequence. Uh, after that opening credit sequence the big thing for me is that batista is not a leading man yeah i i I don't buy it like what am i gonna go? did i run out of this movie theater and go i'm gonna give my spy a chance now no i did not because i i like him as drax i do but i think that's because that is a more well-written character or at least a minimized character that he could do a lot with and with his imposing physique and and his intense look, you know, and and what it is to develop that, which again, leans into my question to you. If James Gunn wrote this script, I think the idea is good enough that I think this could have been way better.
1: What you would have to do is have him play completely against type. That's where you're going to mind the comedy that I would hope to get from a James Gunn script. Sure. Sure. Because essentially, what we get is this, this physically imposing giant doing physically imposing giant things, yeah. and the words that are coming out. One, I don't believe that he's this girl's dad. Yeah. At all. Yeah. You know, um, I, 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 I just don't. That's what made Arnold Schwarzenegger so special, is that he can do playing type. I know. But then when he plays against type, he's gold. Yeah. He he's got that that super special charisma that only certain movie stars have. That's what The Rock has. Yo, that's what um um my guy John Cena has. Yeah. And it took him a while to get that. Yeah. He he tried several times. Stone Cold Steve Austin tried, failed. A lot of these guys that were in that industry tried and failed because and, and, and it could be just he's not finding the right projects. Stuber, fail.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: My spy, fail. Um, but he was good in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah soft spoken, meek, played against type. Yeah. Had a good script behind him, right? So yeah, I think that James Gunn could have understanding him, their working relationship could have said, "Yo, I need you to like have like maybe he didn't need to be the one to lead this group, but needed to like but like end he needed to, right? He needed to have like taken a vow. Like after he took his white his zombie wife's life. Yeah. He vowed never going to take another life. Yeah. And His daughter is the one that comes and says, "Listen, dad, I want to forgive you." For killing mom, but listen, there's the score that we need to do. Like it, it, it kind of he needed to be brought back in. He needed to be like kind of go against like his grain. And like I, I didn't want to kill again. I don't want like it has to do it right. right. And there's just like you know he accidentally kills a zombie or whatever. Like oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like you, you want to, I want to see this big man be small. Yeah, that's those are the things that kind of reach. And I need him. To, too many people were playing straight yeah and I don't think that this film understood that like if you want to if you're unsure about your tone go for the comedy but then you got to land it and I think too many people weren't weren't playing against type
0: he wins a medal for his bravery in killing zombies and we don't see any of it before Tanaka lands and like you get to see it a little bit in the montage but that with a group and you don't know why he's doing it besides yeah. survival you don't know what his motivations are and why he's fallen on hard times. I also find it very funny that Tanaka finds him, you know, quote, down on his luck post all this, you know, being uh, a cook. And then all his aspirations that he comes up with for the money that he's going to come up with <laughs> is to open a fucking food truck. Dude, you are boring. You are so basic. You don't deserve anything. Please do something better with your life. For the hey, not love just of God. any
1: food truck. I think a tofu food truck.
0: Yeah, like he has no idea which kind. He has to keep running ideas as the movie goes on. Dumb. Dumb. Dude,
1: what? I, I I, don't have any concept of time. I don't know how long it took from the events that happened in the prologue. Yeah. I mean, in the prologue to when we like open the film, and he's, and he's flipping burgers. Like, are we talking a few months? A few years? So, something tells me it's been a few years. Right. But then that doesn't always seem to kind of make sense. Now, like, granted... I've never, like, you know, killed my wife because she turned into a zombie in front of my daughter. But I kind of think that my grown adult daughter at the time would understand. Right. Um, so I really couldn't kind of buy that conflict between them. Um, but ultimately, I was just kind of like going along with it. You know what? Maybe well, there's got to be something more. Maybe he just wasn't always there. Actually, I prefer that he wasn't always there. Right. right? Like, I, I needed something a bit more. I really still want to see the movie of them having to get out of Las Vegas. Right. Um, number one. There was such this kind of focus on the woman and her daughter in the prologue. I cared, like you mentioned earlier, I cared so much more about that. Yeah. The woman who gets squished by, <laughs> by the, uh, by one of uh, those things, the, the 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 trailer, the the freaking cargo whatever. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Where they're building the wall. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my gosh. Shipping crate. Who is whatever, she? Yeah. And a, she, because she's a, a part of the team, but never gets brought up by anybody. Nope. Do you remember what happened to Carol? And I'm just thinking of <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, right? Like, like, I have no idea who she is. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, or like what what made that team? What makes this team special? Cause I'm pretty sure that like you're telling me like just only 10 or 15 folks made it out of all of Las Vegas. Right. And like he got a purple. Where's the rest of the military, bro? Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, and what put
0: him tra- in that position to even start? Yes. You know,
1: where did he get the guns to be able to do this? Like, I don't know. Like, right. where did you? How did this
0: happen? Did he go on a rampage after his wife was, you know, uh, turned into a zombie? Like, I want to know all these things, and none of it. Yes. Like, part of me goes, okay, well, if you replace the prologue, because what did the prologue really tell us? Oh, the army had a zombie, and then the zombie started a zombie apocalypse in Vegas, right? That's all we need to know. Could we have gotten that in an email? You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) would it be better served for this story to be Batista's story where you're literally starting from uh, what Tanaka mentioned, where he saved what he say, the secretary of state from a Mm -hmm. zombie attack. You know, like those are moments of valor. I want to fucking see if I'm supposed to follow this guy into battle or I want to know why he's, Uh, a cook Uh, is he hiding is he just no good why was he not taken care of by the government like what is going on here i know none of this you're in the dark and and those things really hurt this film when you're supposed to be riding with this crew and that's why like you said i'm more into characters who had just either fun with it or Mm -hmm. or some kind of depth or like even the Garrett Dillahunt side angle uh, that him working for Tanaka and what Tanaka really wants, not the money, et cetera, et cetera, that should have been better done. But at least it was interesting, you know. It
1: was interesting. It provided something that was at least that something we can invest in. That makes sense, yeah. Because right? I got to be honest with you, to a billionaire, two hundred million dollars that you already got paid for doesn't seem like a lot to me. And you're Especially paying a lot of risk. it out. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like you're like granted, yeah, I guess I guess, hey, here's fifty million, you do it what you want. That's a quarter of it. Yeah. Right. On a pro that one, you're still funding to actually make the mission happen. Right. Right? Like yeah. you're, you're 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 doing all of that. And I don't necessarily like it's not the same group as before. You really only have two other people. Like it's three people from the group. Yeah. The group that got out of Vegas, you're trusting the three of them. And they're not like heralded. I mean, Like they're all kind of doing things where one person works in a retirement home, the other person works as like a mechanic. Yeah. I I I don't I don't know what makes them special. What and we're then later told that other groups have tried and failed. Yeah. Except they kind of wear the same outfits. I, I don't. That's still that part still threw me for a loop. Yeah, the whole like I was like what? I don't know what's about to happen, but we're not about to do some like weird time loop shit. Like this has become like Palm Springs. I don't know what's happening well, right
0: the, now. <laughs> o mentions that that this could be yeah. like that we're in some kind of weird time thing. Like you know, it's kind of interesting when they get self effacing. Like the him and Dieter stuff actually works pretty well. It really
1: does. He um, it does. It, it was. I, it was almost kind of like. Uh, was there like I felt like was there like this affectionate relationship that was growing, which by- I wanted to kind of see that like explored a little bit more. Well,
0: what's interesting is that I don't know if it's kind of shitposting or not, but like Amari Hardwick, there was a lot of like article yes. stuff that came out with where they were uh-huh. like, um, "We did a good job of building these characters because we had no prep." They were like basically like w- <laughs> he was sa- he was saying that there was no character uh, chemistry prep at all done before this movie for those characters. He's like, all we did was cause Hardwick had to work really hard to like get him to be like that jacked. So they would like meet up in the gym and just hang yeah. out. And that was how they built their chemistry, but they had no aid from the production to do so. Those were things wow. that were coming out. Those are things in the trivia on IMDb. Like he's shit. <laughs> I don't like. Is his team like shit posting in the IMDb trivia? This is I would weird. Say,
1: Omari Hardwick, he's a very interesting actor. Yeah. Um, I think that one he he has amassed a certain level of success where he kind of doesn't care and just kinda says what he, he doesn't have much of a filter. Sure. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, like he—he's definitely—he's a little rough around the edges. Um, I think that that's definitely prevented him from work. Um, also, he—he's a little frustrated that he doesn't get a lot of the roles that he thinks he should get. It's because he's unfortunately three inches too short. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, he's not a tall guy, and that—that that, like yo, I'm sorry—that holds you back. Um, if he was 6'2", he would be—he would be the lighter skin Idris Elba. Sure. Unfortunately, he's five nine five ten. Yeah. And that's just that's. Well not only There's that Hollywood, he
0: you know? <laughs> he he said he added I think 15 or 20 pounds to his frame for, to get all that muscle to look that imposing and I think he's still clocked in at like 190 like yeah, you know, so it's great. he's and not. He's got an athlete, bath- yeah.
1: athlete background. I, I think he was in the NFL briefly and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. I know him from Power. You know, like that's that's really all I know him from, and that's where a lot of that audience is going to be sold to kind of come in. Sure. And he honestly, he doesn't do anything offensive in this film. Yeah. And I think he's right. There's nothing that's, that's innately written, so there's not a lot there. I don't know why he chose that specific profession. Maybe he needed to be the one that was like the religious zealot, right? That like that's his quirk. Right. I'm trying to think of all the things like yeah, I think. He's the one who what, quotes what the Joseph Campbell. Needed, <laughs> yeah. Like what we need in this movie is the chemistry of um oh my god. What's the Astro movie with uh, with Bill Bruce Willis? Goodness gracious. Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. That's what that's what we needed. We needed that craziness family. Yeah. And this, see, in Armageddon, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. Yeah. This movie did in too many parts.
0: Well, let's, let's get to some of that because one of the things that I wrote down and I was saying to myself this whole time was there are deaths in this movie mm-hmm. that should have meant everything and mean nothing. Like, um, let's start with uh, my, my lady of Nacho Libre, my, my, my tragic nun here. Like, she is supposed to be this kind of, like, surrogate love interest, you know, partner of Batista Scott Ward. Which we're not
1: aware of until seconds yeah. Before she dies. I know. It's so, I was like,
0: what is happening?
1: And now what are, I honestly, I said, what did I miss? Hold on. And
0: not only is it seconds before she dies, but it's also while they should be on an urgency that we've never witnessed in our own lives before <laughs> with the fact that they're on the clock to escape a city bearing down with uh, zombies trying to get in, including the actual alpha alpha Zeus, you know, coming through into the fold. Why are we having this heart-to-heart moment here? And then she just instantly dies. The so.
1: way that she abruptly stops him, it's like you can tell a man had to write this because that's probably how he interprets <laughs> like arguments with his wife. Yeah. It's like it just comes out of nowhere. Yep. It's like – because literally Scott, Dave Bautista is like, what the fuck are you talking I- <laughs> about?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: He's so oblivious to this woman who I guess has been pining for him forever. However long yeah. that they were together, because we have no idea of how much time that they like. What made them close? Was it was it them trying to get out of the city that made them close? Right? Yeah. Did her husband die and his wife die and it Because obviously they definitely were together before the zombie apocalypse. So I would have loved to spend time with that. Like I I really I think that, I think I'm really needing the prequel movie to fill in a lot of the holes. And if it does. This may elevate the grade.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. The prequel has nothing to do with their characters. We'd have to watch the anime series. Oh my god. This is right. this is why Sheesh. I'm like I don't know what they're doing with this world building and it might all fall flat, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, yeah. And and I would I would like for these to succeed, of course. But yes. at the same time, it'll be interesting because if Snyder's not handling the other pieces, what is going to be the fallout if the other stuff is better than the initial Snyder product? So uh, that's that's the conversation yeah. when all these
1: things come down for sure. I will say I did like the way that she died. <laughs> like, that was cool. Like it's yeah, cool. Yeah. you know, it's it's like it's like it was really graphic. Right. You like it was like whoa that caught me off guard. Well, so Completely.
0: so here's what I uh, you know for for positive of all positives. I think the movie, once they get into Vegas, Mm -hmm. kicks in like it's a much better movie. Like, oh, yeah. Like, there's such a lull, like I said, for that team building stuff is so, like, even just dumb at times, you know. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, uh, just as an aside, the fact that Dieter is the subject of the prequel, as he's going to be dealing with how uh, he's doing, because it's called, you know, Army of Thieves. So my guess is that they're pulling off some heist in the during the zombie apocalypse that's in the written description. In this movie, he they have a moment where he has uh, he says I've never dealt with zombies before. I don't know how to kill a zombie. That's I'm like right. motherfucker, we're doing a prequel about you <laughs> doing a heist during the zombie apocalypse before you do this one. How is this happening? Anyway,
1: so <laughs> I will say he's so cute. Like it's like yeah, Ooh, he's oh my god! Like he's really, really good. I don't know. I think everybody in like that, like that Scandinavian part of Europe is just really, really funny. It worked for me in Aladdin. Like, I, just like it's. I, I like it. you know, you know who like, you
0: reminded me of. I don't know if you're watching Barry on HBO, but like that yeah. those guys that he yes. hooks up with, it feels mm-hmm. a lot like that. But like you know the Germany version yes. of that. <laughs> uh, he's good, man. Dieter, Dieter's good. But so so there was that death that we yeah. brought up. There is. The the death of the the mother who's in Olympus. Uh, Gita. Is, is that her name? The one who was in the camp so, who okay. goes in and then they That's try to. That's what I'm trying
1: yeah. to figure out. There was two girls that go into Olympus, right? The, the, uh, Lily, the coyote. Right. Takes the two girls in there. Yes. I think there was like three of them actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was three of them. yeah, yeah. Zeus takes one of the girls. We have no idea to do with what with.
0: <laughs> well, I think she's supposed to try to be the replacement for the one who got her head locked off. That's correct. Off.
1: So, like after, yeah. So after his queen, who I don't know if the queen had a name or not, he grabs one of the girls, not Gita, not the other chick. Yeah. And there's two of them left, Kate decides to depart knowing that the time for our timeline has been you know updated yeah. uh, no abandoned ship
0: lady we're done here <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're done um i'm gonna go find gita because that's the only reason why i'm here right i guess that kind of makes sense right um and i'm gonna suspect that they're inside of the olympus hotel Because, yeah. you know <laughs> they could have been anywhere else on the strip right yeah okay um find their way to her and then i remember specifically i think one of the girls dies right right For folks out there, a lot of women die in this film. Some men do too. A lot of women die in this film. Um, One of the girls dies. So now it's just Geeta and it's Kate. And by the nick of time, Scott, Kate's dad, busts through a door to um, essentially shoot Zeus so they don't get captured. Honestly, I don't remember why Geeta doesn't make it onto the helicopter. She does. She does.
0: She, does make she dies helicopter. in the plane crash. She dies in the oh, helicopter crash. Do we crash. ever see that? Like, do we see her like dead? Not really. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. None of this fucking mattered. None of it fucking mattered. You know,
1: in my mind, as I'm talking about, I was like, wait a minute. I don't remember. Also, the character who I like take. I like her brand of comedy is definitely. Specific.
0: Well, of course, she right? gets a raw deal here because literally her whole character <laughs> is shot in green screen to replace another person. So I think with oh. that 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 level I think so they was, didn't so, mess it up that badly. So
1: he was actually, he shot every, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that at all. Yeah,
0: so all her stuff, literally, even in the background and everything, that's all digitally imposed. Which is funny, like,
1: <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Zack
0: Snyder actually gave Tig Notaro a Best Out of Focus Actor Oscar when she wrapped her scenes uh, that's funny. which is very funny um wow yeah and, and to be honest and that's one of the things that i, I don't want to shit on this movie so much because it looked like everybody was having a really good time you yeah. know and it it seems very fun it's a small shoot, i like what she know. was
1: doing she knew what movie she was in
0: yes which is funny because she should know the least because she was like oh i'm always by myself she had nobody to work off of She was doing everything by herself, which shows, if you you enjoyed her at all in this movie, give her a goddamn prize, because she is not only, you know, she's had her own show, she's whatever, but she's more of a traditional, like, stand-up, whatever, that... You know, that's not her deal. And meanwhile, she's been in a zombie movie and I believe uh she's on Star Trek Discovery now too, where so like Damn. you know, she, she's really getting into a lot of different genre stuff that she has no idea. And oh, by the way, she did it while she just had uh spinal fusion on uh, done on her back. And she was like, Oh yeah, I had that done and then all of a sudden I'm carrying like, you know, gas cans and artillery <laughs> shit on my back and everything else. It's like okay great all oh, that I mean, makes sense
1: now i'm thinking about the way that she went out it was just so
0: ugh. yeah uh-huh Damn. so so that death didn't matter that whole plot line you can argue didn't matter and in fact if you wanted to make a shorter movie as a shortcut um make the coyote take in batista's daughter and have batista find the daughter already in vegas uh, yes and and find out that there's this whole other thing going on or the coyote tells him like oh yeah I just brought these other women in here and and then in the description like goes wait my daughter was supposed to be in the camp she's not in the camp is she one of these yeah. people and then he finds out and then it makes it more of a chase to do both angles again again I'm not the, I'm the fucking screenwriter of this movie and that there's other things I, and and this is why I get a little scared when it's like they announce they're doing this whole world building I really wonder what would have happened if it's just make, make the movie Make yeah. make the movie and see what happens instead of like worrying about does this tie in well to this other stuff or not?
1: Because now it's going to be glaring if it doesn't.
0: I know. And now, like I said, the Dieter thing already, without the movie even being released, seems counterintuitive or or against type for a, a character we barely know. Yeah, <laughs> man. So that I was gonna be interesting. that other
1: death of um like uh what's what's um uh Raúl uh, Raul Castillo's um. One of his girls. in Chambers. Yeah. The Chamber, which, right? by the way,
0: yeah. some of the best stuff in the movie.
1: Oh, it's like she's so badass. Yeah. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Can I have more of her? Yeah. Like, like she she got she got double crossed, which we knew. Like it was very glaring this was going to happen. Yeah. I was very surprised when she busted out that window. I'm like, yo, she's going to make it this dude has this Bly's, Bly's little guy is gonna have a problem yeah. if she survives like because she saw him close the door on her and she's like taking out zombie bang 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 she's like john wick yeah like, it was crazy yeah i thought that she was gonna make it out and then she does it yeah
0: no. and, and gets blown up big time like a fireball bo- like a gas explosion bomb or something whoo but again I think when the zombie stuff, the zombie interactive stuff, yeah. especially the close quarter stuff, he's really good. Snyder is yeah. a, ma- a magician with some of the effects and some of the practical effects, too. Uh, yeah, you know, So it. to give him, I will give him props in what he's very good at. And yeah. the one thing I think he, j- he needs something like a lot of other directors had to figure out along the way who's your muse who's your screenplay guy who's who's that person who you just lock up with and and get it done and you know i think james gunn would have been a great person for him but james gunn is is too good he's getting too many opportunities and these things happen um it's kind of like you know seeing where um careers have changed for um was interesting. like the funnier die guys with like Will Ferrell oh, and yeah. uh, Adam McKay as this mm-hmm. partnership. And then seeing where Ferrell's career went with other Splits, people writing yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big difference where you could see Adam McKay is a truly gifted writer mm-hmm. and, and or at least in terms of setting up what makes somebody special. These happen with actors needing to find their directors. Directors sometimes need to find their writers. And, and like I said, especially rewatching Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead takes its time. It really gets characters without having to know too much about them. There's enough there that you go, oh, it'd be cool to pair these people as the movie goes on. Or, or, you know, I could see where these people would care about each other even though they just met, you know, a few days earlier. These people in this movie supposedly have a back history and we don't feel, I don't feel the chemistry uh, at all. And in fact, Dieter, like as we noted, Dieter... And uh, Vanderhoe, um, end up having some of the better chemistry, and they're people who just met as far as this mission is concerned so. It's tough, man. Uh, like as we're talking now, I wonder if I'm going down. You're going. I don't know what's happening. See, that's
1: the thing. The more that I talk about it, I'm finding all these points that like are like objectively bad storytelling. Yeah, and I think storytelling can only be so much of like the bulk of what makes a film successful or not. Like this is not to me a good story. I feel like it has the potential. Yeah, and but it's still very much entertaining because I think the action when the action is happening with the zombies is very very good. Who doesn't want to see a zombie tiger? Everybody wants to see, and honestly, that was such a long scene with the zombie tiger. I'm like, yo, I thought we were gonna There's get a couple multiple of, like, ones. Bites. Oh, yeah, oh, you're like, talking about like, the death scene. Oh yeah, oh. The
0: de- like it is graphic. By, like by the way, again, of best things in this film, mm-hmm. the the combination between the zombie tiger killing uh, Garrett Dillahunt and uh, the actual uh, playing du- uh, the do you really want to hurt me in the elevator after they do that? (laughs) It's like so hilarious that like I actually laughed out loud. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Every time you go, ah, this movie's kind of corny or like, oh, they messed it. They botched this, whatever. You have a few moments where you just go, oh, but it's so enjoyable at times. So that's why I'm trying (laughs) not to kill it. But this is the thing about this movie. You and I are going to take this critical lens. We're going to rip uh-huh. things apart. We're going to go back and forth. And at the end of the day, we don't matter because either A Snyder's people he has his fans they're going to love mm-hmm. this movie they're going to play yeah. it. I already see it online 10s out of 10s on IMDb from people being like Snyder's back baby or like or <laughs> or, or Snyder <laughs> is off the chain on this one whatever and
1: that's all that's all Netflix cares about
0: I know and and that's exactly what they're getting they're getting all those people the filter from HBO Max to them because uh, you know now that he's potentially out with WB or DCEU and mm-hmm. and is coming over who knows? This could be the start of a partnership. So, I've seen it way too many times where that's not the case, but you know, this is the start of at least a project where he's known yeah. for that is going to span out for years. So, so
1: this is our moral quandary: what is good then?
0: It's all—it's the, always been in the eye of the beholder, Colby. I mean, yeah. but I—I I would like, and and you and I have talked about this off air and maybe a little bit even on air there I want Netflix I think Netflix is still searching for that iconic everybody can get around movie yeah. and this is not it,
1: it. Yeah. but they probably thought it I I thought it was. I thought that because we talked about this before. yeah, I think that this could have been the blockbuster that bridges the gap between a Netflix movie. In a theatrical release. Sure. Like this could, like this was supposed to be it, you know, Um, six underground had opportunity, but it was just still too much Bay to kind of get past it. Right. Yeah. And it was another guy who
0: is missing a writer and producer team. Absolutely. He used to have back in the nineties that he didn't Mm -hmm. have post that. And it really shows
1: Yeah, the same thing with bright. I, I had fun with bright. But Oof. Bright definitely was – it was it was panned by critics, and it was not the darling that it was loved. I mean, it, yeah. the thing is, it gets watched. Bird Box had millions of – I don't know why there hasn't been another sequel. Like, th- that's a world that could be explored. They're
0: starting. It's, it's supposed to come out this year. So th- – It was like, what, four, four or
1: five years ago? <laughs>
0: it's crazy. Well, I will say uh Bird Box was one of our first early episodes, and that, oh, wow. and that was two and a half years ago we covered it. So – Wow. Yeah, so it's about yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's, but that's still a long time, especially for we have probably another yeah. six to twelve months before it comes out. So because
1: even with everything that's coming and down, Cedra
0: Bullock right? isn't in it, so it's oh, it's one of those oh, like it, it's a it's a Walking Dead fear the fear of the Walking Dead scenario oh, okay. where it's the Got same you. thing in a different place.
1: Well, now knowing the way that this film ends, and I, I, I almost like I knew at some point it was a very kind of like image where like he's shut in this thing, like damn, is he gonna die in there? Oh. He's going to be left alive.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit yeah. before we get out of here. So, <laughs> the the person who survives all of this is not David Batista. His daughter survives, but we don't know where she goes off afterwards. But the big stinger at the end is that we see Vanderhoe. Vanderhoe. Yeah, we keep. Uh, so, we see Vanderhoe survive here. And not only that because Dieter locked him in the safe the vault excuse me of where the the money was so he not only survived the zombies but he also survived the bomb that was dropped on Vegas because he was in the vault
1: now and this is not a nuclear bomb he like they call, I could have swore they called it a nuke. I thought it was a nuke because they said it was a low radiation nuke I actually remember that they said it's something where it's like Kind of like not as bad as like regular nuke because yeah you don't want to put especially where there's sandstorms or you're like a hundred miles away from like Reno or even less than that like I don't know if
0: that was <laughs> I'm I'm glad you caught that because I did not because to me I was like okay so you mean he got out of the vault so he already survived <laughs> the blast yeah and then he also you know obviously we find out later there's other complications I'll get to that in a second but he walks from Vegas out <laughs> to the outer banks where he's picked up but he still has all the money that he he had in those bags uh, like buys a plane or whatever Wait,
1: no, no steals a tr- steals a, tr- a truck right steals
0: a truck which by the way um I'm I'm going to lash out in a minute but I'll I'll put a pin <laughs> in it of all the terrible cover songs and obvious needle yeah. drops they tried to do in this movie
1: <laughs> this is not guardians of the galaxy volume one no, <laughs>
0: no it is not so he yeah he steals it uh no didn't it wasn't a truck wasn't it some like fancy like sports car like classic yeah, sports yeah, car yeah, like yeah, a Trans Am or uh, yes, a firebird or something so he uh he steals that and then drives off to a place where they rent you know private jets or whatever and he (laughs) there's just there's just one there yeah there's just one there he's like i want it they're like no he gives him a bunch of money and he gets on it and then he starts to feel sick or whatever and then he goes into the bathroom and we discover he's been bit so i was like so the plot twist is that he was bit And not that it's taken, A, this fucking long for him to feel (laughs) symptoms, but also that he survived the blast and I thought it was a nuke. So I was like, so radiation fallout didn't fucking kill this guy either? What is happening? Like there was so many loops to, you
1: know, things to jump through. Especially when the rules that we're told is that when you get bit by the Alpha Alpha Zeus, you're like an elevated zombie. Yes. It happens pretty like pretty fast yeah because we're shown how fast it happens if we remember in after the prologue excuse me before the prologue of the film when we're opening with the military the convoy transporting whatever they have when they get bit they turn within like seconds yeah yeah and
0: like and that's why i'm like okay so he was in the vault the whole time didn't turn (laughs) still has the money like and 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 you know how these things go kobe Uh easily this is the guy who could be the big bad that now the daughter has to stop in like a sequel scenario or Uh something.
1: Makes perfect sense. But we're We're already starting off on
0: a bad foot because A, I didn't know jack shit about this guy, you know, as like they didn't develop his character very well and yet he's the stinger and now he might be the villain going forward where I don't know how to feel about that and the person who would have complicated feelings about that, they're all dead. Yeah. So I don't understand why this ended this way. So, again, I think we've covered every ounce of this fucking movie. Um, But like I said, you know, from me and from you, it's a middle and grade. I wouldn't dissuade anyone from seeing it. I don't think it's that bad. Um, but, and I think there are enough enjoyable parts here to enjoy it, especially if you're just a fan of the genre, you want something, yeah. you know, your home or whether you want to take a risk and, and go and see it in the theater, if it's available near you, I would say, yeah, it's probably the best way you're going to enjoy it. So knock yourself out. And if, mm-hmm. or if you want to wait, fine, because to me, I'm not going to sway you one way or the other, but is this like some major comeback or in my eyes, what I kind of wanted from this film? Not really. So it's somewhere in the middle, which again, I've said many times on this film, it's just not, it's not on this podcast. It's not where you want to be. Um, and I wish that James Gunn did write this movie. And I think it'll hurt even more that if the suicide squad ends up being good, um, and developing that kind of ensemble, which is a huge ensemble. Mm -hmm. Um, if that's as good as it is, that is going to be a dagger in some of my thoughts about this film. Um, but thank you so much Cole I mean like we knew we had a lot of energy coming in for this yeah. one and you know <laughs> I'm glad we got through everything that I wanted to talk about so thank you so much for for Hone in on all these issues. It's a lot, man. It's Netflix it strategy. Lot. It's <laughs> Snyder post, you know, uh, you know, DCU. DCEU.
1: It's, it's whatever this movie is and where it's you going in the world. We building. have chronicled so much of this, ba- Dave Bautista's career. And like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we have covered the gamut. Um, I'll tell you guys folks, you will, you will not hear another podcast that covered this movie the way that we
0: did. No, that's for damn sure. We've been talking so long. The prequel has already come out. So, <laughs> we, we need to stop talking at this point and it's obviously on me but thank you so much Kobe. uh always tell the people i know uh i saw your uh review of spiral come out over the weekend and is there any other stuff like tell people where to find what you're working on
1: I, Yo, this is a busy May, all right? Like, yeah. <laughs> there's there's so much content that's coming out in the next couple of weeks. Please follow your boy. I um I'm on all the socials at Colby told me K O L B Y T O L D me at Colby told me on Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm on Clubhouse. I'm on uh 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 what is that a uh, TikTok? I finally TikTok and <laughs> post <both> my <laughs> reviews. Um, catch up with me. I love to talk about movies. I love being on your podcast, man. I love the way our energy just bounces off of each other. This is great. I'm glad to cover. For this film and any other, other films in the future, so that way when they ask you where you heard it from, you can tell them Kobe Toby. Yeah, and did you see this in Dolby? Oh, no, because AMC, ugh, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> AMC has an opportunity. My guys at AMC, if you're listening, which you should be, listen to the Nomcast by Andrew, right? Um, <laughs> just work it out work it out man make some money's better than no money um because i would have loved to watch this in dolby but i do have dolby uh <laughs> i have do have dolby uh in my in my house so there you I'm go gonna watch this <laughs> in some form of dolby uh when it drops uh this friday on netflix can't wait
0: absolutely man thanks you so much again like the man said follow him everywhere do what you need to because he drops a bunch of amazing reviews i always read everything that you do um even for movies that i you know i'm interested in like you are a barometer in my life so i appreciate that man uh and putting all that content out there um and yeah I am interested to see how this film does when it's on Netflix. Where the reviews go once it gets to a broader audience. Uh, I think we'll be talking about this one for a little bit. This might be another like demarcation uh, in the in the story of Netflix. So thanks again, Kobe. Thank you.